Wow, guys, we're here. <laughs> I did not think I was going to cry, and then Bree started speaking, so it's really Bree's fault, um, I would say. Um, but guys, I'm so, so excited to be able to talk to you guys tonight about some things that have been on my heart. And um, yeah, this is a really, really special... Let me get this. There we go. This is a really, really special night for me, and... Um, you know, tonight we're going to talk about a couple things, um, but it is just, I'm so excited to be here. Akoi is like actually such a special place to me. I know we got a couple of Akoi haters out there. It's fine. You can feel the way you feel, but you're wrong, okay? And, um, <laughs> but no, it's super special for me because this, this is the place that I first came to eight years ago. And I'll give you guys a little sneak peek, okay? We're going to get some slideshow, picture, situation. There it is. Power 
and love strong enough to transform every part of our story. Um, I'll read it one more time. The gospel story holds intense power and love, strong enough to transform every part of our story. And this is what I want you guys to leave tonight really believing. So I'm going to be sharing three different questions that have helped me navigate escaping the maze or the labyrinth of darkness over the past eight years. Um, so we're going to go ahead and jump in. If you guys want to open your Bibles, we are going to read the book of Ephesians tonight. I know that's surprising if you, you know, just didn't get that that was the theme, but we're going to be reading some big chunks. Um, I'm going to be hopping all over the place, so definitely, you know, write it down or whatever you need to do, but let's read here um, in Ephesians 1. All right, it says, it says, I pray for you constantly, asking God, oh, sorry, yeah, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Whew. That is, wow, right? That is, that is amazing. And um, I wanted to start off with the scripture um, because this is really the hope for tonight, right? And I love here how Paul uses these phrases. I'm going to be reading in the NLT for tonight just because I feel like it's good to switch it up. Yeah. It helps it sink in a little bit, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, he says here he wants our hearts to be flooded with light. Yeah. Like, imagine if this room, like, it just started raining so hard that this room just flooded, like, to the brim, to the ceiling with water. It's like that is what Paul is wanting us to experience with light. And he says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power. And, you know, I did a little digging, okay, as one does, for this word understand. And it actually means to remember. It means to appreciate. It's not like a head knowledge. This knowledge is like to know by experience. And, um, you know, this power that he's talking about is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And that's, that's the resurrection power that we get to live in now, right? And so I want you to think, like, have I experienced this power in my life? Wow. Or, like, have I seen that power in maybe, like, one of the women in this room? Um, because the power that raised Jesus from the dead also makes us come alive. And it is the only thing that's able to light up our darkness. Yeah. And so I hope this weekend has been a time for you guys. I hope that you see him in the fall trees. I hope you see him in the lake. I hope you experience God in the friendships here, in the conversations, even in the, the times of lessons. And I really hope that tonight he'll become more real and tangible to you. So my first point to tonight is what's on your mind? It all starts with a mind change. What's on your mind? And, um, you know, I'm going to 
bring you guys back to freshman year Lizzie for a second, okay? She's a little scary, but lots of potential. Um, <laughs> so like I said, I have grown up super religious, and I had this cycle of like having a form of godliness but denying its power. And, you know, my way of living life was all about Lizzie. I mean, it was like Lizzie, Lizzie, Lizzie all day long. My thoughts were consumed by me. You know, I was really fulfilled by being a good person, and I got a lot of my worth from what people thought of me. So if you didn't like me, I kind of kept cut my distance because I didn't want you to break my record of people liking me. <laughs> you know, I was obsessed with, with gaining approval, especially from my parents. And I, lived in a, I grew up in a really tight-knit family where my parents put a lot of pressure on me to do really well in school. And because of that, I felt this intense need of, like, I need to please them in every way. I don't want to disappoint them. Wow. And, you know, I really worked hard, y'all. I worked overtime <laughs> to make sure that nobody knew who Lizzie was. And I came on the fourth row, you know, my fourth row ladies right there. I came, and I sat down in that row, and I realized, like, oh, my gosh, I can't keep doing this. Like, I can't keep holding these lies. I'm going to burn out. Like, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not going to want to live under God's reign or even, like, I was like, I'm going to just leave God altogether. What am I going to do? And, you know, Psalm 10 verse 4 puts it really clearly. This is kind of where I was at. It says, in their pride, the wicked do not seek him. In all their thoughts, there is no room for God. And, you know, my life was really busy. My social calendar was filled. But honestly, this is, this is how I felt. We can read this here together in Ephesians 2, verse 12. It says, in those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. You did not know the covenant promises God had made to you. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. And you know, maybe there's some out here in this crowd tonight that actually feel pretty far from God. And if that's you, I just want to say you're in a really good place to feel far from God. This is probably the best place that you could be experiencing that because of the women around you really wanting to help you get to where you want to be in your relationship yeah. with God. And I know without women in my life getting me to where I am now, I would not be here. Like, there's just no way. My life was too dark. Wow. Come on, and, you know, others of us in here have made the decision to tie our lives to Jesus, right? We have had our sins washed away by the blood of Jesus in baptism, like we just saw there. That was amazing. And we've been made new. And 2 Corinthians 5, it says the new creation has come. The old is gone. Yeah. Right? It's gone away with. And I just want to talk for a second about this idea that maybe in the beginning of some of our walks, we felt really new. Does anyone remember that? Like, kind of, I mean, I'm sure that, whatever his name is, that brother out there. Right. I'm sure that he is feeling new right now and probably a little frostbitten. But very new. Okay. But does anyone else remember that feeling? Like, you're walking around, you just became a Christian, and you're like, everything is new. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. And I remember feeling that. And then over the years, over the past eight years, right, darkness starts to creep in a little bit. Yeah. And kind of like Emily was saying with the frog analogy last night, the water heats up a little by a little, yeah. right? The sin always comes in a little by a little. Yeah. 
And I know for me, I've struggled with this idea that, you know, I'll keep my life and add Jesus into it. I'm not going to transform my life. I'm going to add Jesus into my already existing life. The life that I live, I'm going to sprinkle some Jesus on the top, right? And I want to remind you guys, you can write down Colossians 3. It says Christ, who is our life. He's not a part of our life. He is our life. There is no other way other than to leave it all behind. And there's actually no other rock to build your life on than the chief cornerstone. And um, let's go. You can flip over with me to Ephesians 4. Um, I really want this point to drive home about what, what helps you to think. How are you thinking, right? Because ultimately, what's on your mind, what that really means is what's your thought process like? How do you make your decisions? And, um, you know, Paul has some great insight for us in Ephesians 4 right here. He says, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and have hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that is not what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And I love that last part, right? Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Did anyone go to that Holy Spirit class that yeah. Gabby did? That girl, Gabby, is my girl. We actually met at one of these retreats. And so I really encourage you to talk to a girl here that you don't know. I was like, who is this girl from Tuskegee? What is this? And I said, oh, it's Gabby. I mean, we've been friends for the past, like, seven years. She's one of the biggest blessings in my life. But so when, it, when Paul is talking here, let the Spirit renew our thoughts and attitudes, I want us to really reflect and think, have I stopped allowing the Bible to teach me how to think? And, you know, when I stop seeing things through the eyes of God, I start seeping back into the darkness. Yeah. And we start letting the world corrupt us all over again, even if we claim to be Christians. And I know I've seen this in my own life. I think I've seen this in my friends' lives. I've seen people walk away from God because of this, because their mind starts to get corrupted, and they don't let the Spirit do its work. And so, you know, I want to remind us, though, what is the goal? The goal is actually to become more like Jesus. Right? That's what it says here. Put on your new nature created to be like God. It's not put on your next best version of yourself. It's not put on the version of yourself that people will like more. It's actually put on the version of you that is to be like God. And let that shape how you think. It all really starts with how we think, guys. And so um, some of you guys know I'm really into donuts. It's like my side passion. I have an Instagram. It's really out of hand. It's so dramatic. Um, but I do not apologize because I can tell you the best places to go if you want a good donut in Atlanta. So any of y'all come, you just hit me up. I got you, girl. 
But this is the difference that Paul is talking about here in the scripture. And <laughs> just let this live red free in your mind, okay? So imagine if you were like a donut baker, okay? Which is like kind of my dream someday, okay? And imagine if you're like, I'm just baking donuts every day. That's what I do. I flip them, put the icing, little sprinkle, do-do-do. And then all of a sudden, overnight, you become a carrot farmer, okay? That's quite a different life, right? Now all of a sudden, your hands are always dirty. Your shop doesn't smell very sweet. You're kind of like trying to clean off this dirty carrot. I'm not a carrot fan, honestly. And so... <laughs> What happens is there's no resemblance here. There, it's not recognizable. And that's actually how it's supposed to look with us as disciples. Yeah. When we commit to Jesus as Lord, we're supposed to go from one thing completely transformed to another. Yeah. It's old life completely transformed into new life. Yeah. It's old heart, new heart. Old way of thinking, new way of thinking, right? Yeah. Old way of approaching sin, new way of approaching sin. And you know, of course, this takes time, yeah. but when we make this decision, our conversion to Jesus being our, the one we're following, this actually is supposed to happen yeah. in our minds. It's supposed to be a 180 flip where you're like, I'm not compromising. I'm doing this fully. I'm going full on into this, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, it really does take time, but the scriptures help us to see that I love back here in Ephesians 4, he says, um, he says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is being corrupted. Let the spirit put on new thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature created to be like God. <laughs> and it's this idea that we are supposed to be taking off and putting on. So if you look at the scripture, these are actually the things that Paul is saying to take off and to put on. You know, he says, take off lies, take off anger, you know, anger that leads to sin, of course. Take off greed, gossip, revenge, sexual promiscuity, drunkenness. And then he says, put on truth, peace, generosity, encouragement, self-control, forgiveness, and God's spirit. Right? That's what he's saying in Ephesians 4. Yeah. And I love this. Maybe some of you guys can relate to this list, but maybe you can't. And the reality is, we might have different things that we have to put off and put on, yeah. but we all need to do this. Right. We all need to take it off and to put it back on. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think for me, a lot of these things, it, it really meant for me laying down things at the foot of the cross that I didn't even know before I studied through the scriptures that I was struggling with. Mm -hmm. And it was things like my pride. It was my desire to please people more than God. You know, I really struggled with a lot of false doctrines that I didn't know were not in the Bible. Yeah. And that was really a hit to my pride and a hit to my surrender of, am I really going to believe what the Bible says? Or am I going to hold to what I've been taught my whole life growing up in church, right? And, you know, I had such a lack of vulnerability and a lack of being known because I was so afraid and I was so fear-driven that I had to take that off, take off the fear that was running my life and put on confidence that I could get only from God, right? And I think it's really important that we don't need to be people who just take off the darkness, but we need to be people who put on the light. Yeah. And um, this is actually a picture of me at my baptism. <laughs> 
write down an old and a new list. Write down a list of what am I taking off just to remind yourself. Maybe it's been a couple years for you and you need a little reminder. That's okay, we all do. What are the new things you're putting on in place though? You know, the new things for me was I was confident in God's love for me. How much fear that took away. I actually really used to struggle with anger. That's like kind of another story. And then when I became a Christian, I realized I could express my emotions in different ways. Yeah. And I didn't have to take it out on other people and hurt. I hurt a lot of people, right, in my path. I mean, even fighting to be honest and vulnerable. I started fasting every week, actually, for a whole semester for God to take away my desire to please people. Every Thursday night, girl, I was praying after fasting all day. Like, God, please help me. I don't know how to get out of this, right? And so I really want to encourage you guys, think about maybe it's your picture, right? Your old to new life picture. Maybe you're still trying to figure out what does this new life look like for me? But it's really helpful for us to not just know, but to remember and to appreciate what Paul is talking about, right? God's power. Are you guys with me? Are you guys ready for point two? (laughs) Okay, point two is who is holding your hand? And girl, let me tell you, this is my favorite point tonight because without this question, asking myself throughout the past eight years, I would literally not be here. Do I need to say that again? Without this question, who is holding your hand, I would literally not be here. Because the women in my life that God has put in my life that I have learned to love like Jesus are so much of a reason that I'm here. And so we can flip over to Ephesians 2 for point 2. And we're going to read here in Ephesians 2. um, Right here, 19 to 22. All right. It says, um, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Amen. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, the Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Do you guys know what this is saying? This scripture is literally saying that we have been made into a new humanity. That this is actually a new people that God is making. And, And I love here that it's talking about a new unified humanity. And when I think about unity, it's easy to confuse it with uniformity. And I think when you look around this room, we're not a uniform group, at least on the outside, are we? No. And amen, praise Jehovah, Jaira, I love that. Diversity has done so many amazing things for my life and my white self, and I am very (laughs) grateful for the culture and the patient women in this room, okay? is not a bunch of Lizzie's. Let me just, oh, I am so glad, okay? Because it would have a lot of holes. There would be holes in the ceiling. The windows would be cracked. The, the curtains would look like the ones in here, a little dusty, a little like what are we doing, okay? And, you know, but at the same time, it's really easy to get critical when we think about 
that community. Has anyone ever struggled with that? Getting critical of a brother or sister, getting critical of church, a service, a worship song? Yeah, I think a lot of us have actually been there. And what we have to remember is that community is beautiful when Jesus is at the center of it. And here, Paul is literally saying the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Which means that if you don't know what a cornerstone is, is basically in this building, there is a cornerstone. It's in one of the four corners. That's why it's called a cornerstone, right? And it is the block that they started to build with to build the entire building. It is actually the block that the entire building relies on, rests on, right? All the weight is balanced out by this one block. And that's how most structures are built. And so here Paul is saying, Jesus is the one we can rely on. Jesus is going to hold our house that's really messed up because we're a bunch of messed up people. He's going to hold it together. He's going to hold it up. And I'm so glad that I don't have to be the one to hold God's house together. And you need to be really glad you're not the one who holds God's house together either, right? But when we are in God's house, this is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I think it's so tough because... What happens when we have apathy or bitterness or even just not wanting to be loving, not wanting to be out of yourself? What happens when we have that in God's household? And I'm going to share a quick story with you guys about this girl named Becca. And her name is actually Becca Alesh because she got married. And she lives in Florida now. We used to live in this house we called The Mansion. It wasn't actually a mansion, it was like a normal house, but we were like broke college students, so it felt like a mansion, okay? I didn't choose the name. And um, so we lived in this house called The Mansion, and Becca and I lived on opposite sides of the house. And Becca was really weird, honestly, she's just so weird. She would wear like cat galaxy shirts, have you ever seen those at Walmart? That was like all she would wear, and these like neon socks. And you know, This is old Lizzie trying to seep back into new Lizzie, right? This is a moment where I'm like, I don't want to be friends with her because she's different than me. And honestly, I don't really like her. Because how we pick our friends in the world is what? Similarities. Common interests. Maybe same race. Same family dynamic. Like, we pick our friends that way in the world. And that part of my mind needed to be transformed. Because I needed people to hold my hand. And honestly, I can't tell you guys enough. Like, Becca, I got to be in Becca's wedding. Becca and I worked it out. We hashed it out. We had some tough conversations. But Becca and I are now, like, some of the greatest of friends. And I, at first, was so hesitant to jump in and work through our conflict. Because she was avoiding me, too, okay? She thought I was crazy, which is true. But it was like, we had had our own things about each other. (laughs) And, you know, I'm just so glad, though, that we can be women who live out of conviction and not out of what is convenient. Because if your friends are just like you, you're just missing out. You're missing out on the beauty of the kingdom. You're missing out on life God's way. And honestly, you're missing out on learning and growth. Because the things that I was able to learn from Becca, I wasn't able to learn from some of my other friends who were just like me. And, you know, in the world, we pick people because of such a worldly mindset. In the kingdom, we get to regard no one from a worldly mindset, not even Christ in this way, right? And so, you know, um, I'm going to share some pictures here with you guys. Oh, hopefully. I don't know. So what? 
I might go get the computer. I'm not lying.
when you kind of like ditch on things, oh, I want to go to this concert instead of Devo, oh, I want to go here, oh, sorry, da 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 when you don't invest in your kingdom relationships, it's going to be really hard if you don't have those when you get out of college. And let me tell you, I've been out of college for five years, and it is very hard to think about my life without these, like, 15 women or whatever it is, and many more, like I said. Um, and so let's go to Ephesians 4, on, the next slide. I don't actually know if it's me or you. It's you. Um, and so Ephesians 4, verse 15 to 16. This is uh, kind of Paul going on from what we, what we read earlier, right? And so he says, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Okay, amazing. I feel like this is such a powerful scripture. I love it in this translation because who wouldn't want to be a part of something like this? If you knew that the girl sitting next to you, God actually placed perfectly in your life. That what's going to happen is that you're going to be healthy and growing and full of love when you are connected to these spiritual relationships. That's the result, guys, of what this is. And, you know, when we speak the truth in love, we actually get to grow. But what we have to remember is that we are interconnected. We're interdependent. And what that means is without these relationships, we will not go grow stronger as a collective unit. Okay? And it's interesting to think when other parts grow, the other parts of the body are impacted. Yeah. And so if I'm over here and I have a lack of humility, then my lack of humility actually affects you, even if I don't know your name, because we're sisters, right? And if you are choosing Jesus to be your Lord, that actually affects me. I think there's someone in here who's getting baptized tomorrow. Is there someone in here who's getting baptized tomorrow? Um, and so on the left, the 
this is actually a picture. I was an RA, if anyone knows what that is, my second year as a, well, my first year as a Christian, my second year as a student. And this is my women's Bible talk in my dorm. I don't know if you recognize some girls from this group. Some girls from this group. This girl right here is Camille. This is Julia. Oh, sorry, that's Julia. This is Muna over here. These girls are actually girls who were in the previous picture. And why I wanted to show you guys this, I mean, God used this Bible talk in my dorm. I mean, obviously, you see my decor is very lacking. I'm like, that is straight up just embarrassing, honestly. I don't know what that owl is, but I think I painted it. Sorry. I'm sorry you have to see that. Um, but what I love about this picture is that God used a group of women who were basically strangers calling each other sisters in Christ. And in this one semester, six girls decided to put their faith in Jesus and walk in discipleship because of this Bible talk. And you see here, I mean, this was what it looked like every week because we were so excited to work together to bring the kingdom to our campus. And, you know, this, this picture right here, this is kind of my core three from college. Camille just got married. I was a bridesmaid at her wedding. I was Julia's maid of honor. Muna and I still single Pringles and we're loving the life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Loving it. Yeah. Loving it. Yeah. And we will be at each other's weddings. I'm pretty confident of that. Um, but, you know, these are my girls. These Every spring fling, like, it's this end of the year banquet we had. We'd always take a picture. And I have years and years of these pictures of these four women at retreats together, in Bible studies, in this Bible talk. And I just want to remind you guys that God moves most powerfully in community. So with that, I want to ask you, who is holding your hand? And, you know, what are the friendships in your life that influence you the most? Are they people who are also trying to seek God? Or are they people that it's just me, 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 me? Because the people that you surround yourself with are the people who are going to influence you, right? And so my last point for tonight... I love you, Blue Yeah, oh, sorry, yes, it's the next one. I don't know how to cue you. Oh, sorry, actually, this. Okay, this picture. Does anyone know who this is right here? <laughs> She's sitting right there, second row. Um, I just wanted to just kind of end with this, like, picture for this point. It's just that these are my women. Like, Raisa, right there, she lives in Paris right now. Raisa and I talk all the time, actually, recently, and it's amazing. You know, these are like my people. It's so special for me to think about Amaris and I when we lived together in the rat house. It's the house from hell, it's another story. Uh, we picked it out, we did it to ourselves, nobody threw us there. But it's amazing for me to think about when this picture was taken with Amaris to our friendship now and all the life that we've been able to see together. And honestly, Mayor, I'm so grateful for you. You, I mean, I can't tell you guys how many times I would walk into Amaris' room and just start crying or screaming or just being like, I can't do this. Like, she has been such a safe place for me. And yet, Amaris and I don't have a lot in common. Like, we are very different. And yet, because of Christ, we get to have these beautiful relationships. Don't miss out on having these friendships because your mind is still worldly. Don't miss it because you will regret it and you won't have these people by your side when you need them the most.
All right, now point number three. Sorry, a little prematurely. There it is. All right, point number three is where is your heart? And Toya, you can go to the next slide, actually. Yeah, okay, I had to. I had to. I literally had to. If you don't know this, I'm sad for you. This is the notebook. And you know, this is when Noah is his name. This is when Noah is like, stop thinking about what I want, what he wants, what your parents want, what do you want? And then he's like, what do you want? You know, and she's like, I don't know. Okay, so she's like really struggling with this. <laughs> but my third point is, where is your heart? And I wanted to end with this because this point is all about what you actually desire. And we're gonna get a, re a little real right now. Is that okay? We got a little bit spicy. I really like the spice. A little picante. Okay. I want, I, I want you guys to ask yourself, what are the areas that you want, you wish the world was right? What are the areas that you wish weren't in the Bible that said pretty strong things? I'll give you guys a couple things, just to, just to jog your memory, you know, nothing crazy. Okay, I think about this statement, I've said it myself, I want to wear this, and since that's my genuine desire, I'm not really worried if it's right before God or not. Oh. Or like, I want to do it my way, and I don't need anyone. I want to date this guy, even though I know his life has not been transformed by the blood of Jesus. I want, to, I want to miss a meeting of the body, and I don't want to get advice about it, because I know what someone's going to tell me. I want to walk the line of gossip. I'm going to keep talking the way I want to talk. You know, I'm not going to use my words to build others up because that's just not me. And, you know, we have to ask ourselves, how much in the dark do we want to live? Wow. Because the darkness is brutal, guys. Yeah. Like, Dom and Emily were talking about last night. The darkness will hurt yeah. you. The darkness will leave you in places of brokenness and addiction. And my parents, I've seen it in their own lives. I mean, they got a divorce two years ago, and I have seen how sin and corruption has broken their lives. Wow. And I'm like, these things can be avoided if we step out of the darkness and into the light. Mm -hmm. But where are you towing the line right now in your life? Whether this is your 15th retreat or your first, where are you towing the line? Where are you making compromises? Knowing that God's standard is to live as a daughter of the light, what are you lying to yourself about? And if you're lying to yourself about it, you're probably lying to someone else. And, you know, oftentimes I think we as a group, I'm just saying what I see, okay, you can fight me later. Um, I think as a group, I can feel like we land sometimes of, I don't have a conviction about that topic, and we kind of use that as an excuse to live for the world. Like, oh, modesty, I don't have a conviction about that topic, so I'll wear what I want. Oh, dating someone who's not a Christian, I don't have a conviction about that, so I'll do it. Oh, you know, treating my parents horribly and not honoring them, no conviction, so no. And it's like, why are we always leaning towards the side of the world instead of accidentally leaning towards the side of the Christian worldview? Why is that, right? Because being who we want, wearing what we want, doing what we want is just easier. 
And so I just want you guys to get real of like, what do I really want? What does my heart desire? And have those things been transformed by the power of the resurrection? Or am I stuck in old Lizzie and I got to pull this part of me into new life, right? And, you know, why do we want this? It's just easier, guys. It's what we want. And it doesn't matter if it's true. It matters how badly we want it. And, um, you know, I want you guys to think, what is my sin giving to me that I keep it around in the shadows? How does my sin benefit me that I keep her kind of like on the side here? I'll go to her every once in a while, right? Maybe for you it's purity stuff. Maybe for you it's just straight up you isolate yourself and don't let anyone in this room take care of you when you're struggling. That is also having a little bit of a back door. It's having a back door to deal with what you're actually going through, and it's not okay. And you know, let me just say it because we're here. Some of us actually have been not reading our Bible and avoiding the Bible because we know it's going to tell us things that we don't want to hear. Okay? I've done it. I know you've done it because some of y'all tell me. Okay? But I'm like, I have done it where I have not read my Bible for weeks. And what i got to tell you, if you're in that place tonight, is that that is a very, very slippery slope. And you need to be very careful because Satan will swoop in and he is like a roaring lion ready to devour. And he is looking for you on the outskirts, waiting for you to be weak enough. And so, you know, this is a heart check. Where are you today? And what do you need? What is the truth that you're drifting from that ultimately is going to set you free? Right? Sin always starts small and that's why it's scary. And, um... You know, I want to show this actually song lyrics. Why is getting so good at this? Um, this is a song called Clear the Stage by Jimmy something. I can't say his name. And it's called Clear the Stage. And I just want to read some of this, okay? Because if you don't know where you're slipping back into the darkness, if you don't know if what you really want lines up with what God really wants, I want you to read these lyrics, okay? This is a good, like, check my heart kind of song. You know, he says, shine the light on every corner of your life until the pride and lust and lies are in the open. Read the word and put to test the things you've heard until your heart and soul is stirred and rocked and broken. You can sing all you want to and still get it wrong. Worship is more than a song. Anything I put before my God is an idol. Anything I want, there it is, with all my heart is an idol. What about this one? Anything I can't stop thinking of is an idol. Anything that I give all my love is an idol. And, you know, this, this, um, this song really helps me to think, when I'm in a place of, I know there's something there, what is it? I'll listen to the song and think, oh my gosh, where can I shine light in my life and apply truth? Because I need to be broken over the places that I'm going to the dark about. I need to be broken about the compromises I'm doing because Jesus didn't make any compromises so that he died on the cross for you and me to experience freedom. Jesus didn't have a way out. He didn't choose to lessen the pain. Why should we choose to lessen our righteousness in response to how grateful we are for him? It doesn't make sense. It literally, I don't care if you're logical or illogical like myself. It doesn't make sense at all in any way you phrase it, right? But the good thing is, it's not just this song. The Bible also gives us some guidance, okay? So you can go to the next line. Thank you. Okay, so you can just write these down. Luke 8, Isaiah 26, Judges 21. 
Luke 8 is the bleeding woman. I love her so much. I mean, whew, there ain't a diva cup that could help that poor girl. I'm like, ooh, so sad. That was really so bad for you, girl. I'm so sorry. Um, but you know, but this this woman was desperate to get well. She was desperate. And she at all costs she went to Jesus, right? Or Isaiah 26 has become like a lifeline for me this year. It says, walking in the ways that way of your laws, we wait for you, God. Your name and your renown is the desire of our hearts. Is God's name and glory the desire of your heart? Or are you caught up in the walking in the ways of your laws, feeling like following God's kind of burdensome? What I think our goal should be is for our desire of our hearts to be God and his glory, to see his glory here on earth. And then Judges 21 is just a really scary example. Y'all can go read that later. But basically what it says is it said everyone did what they saw was right. What they saw was fit right in their own eyes. And honestly, you want to know what this is followed by? Destruction, famine, and absolute chaos. How can we get our heart desires to be God's dreams for our lives? We need to ask him for a new heart. We need to ask him for a new mindset. I pray so many times, and I used to do this daily as a, as a new Christian. God, please make my desires the dreams that you have for my life. Make the desires of my heart reflect yours. Whatever is breaking your heart, God, please break mine so I can understand what your heart desires because I want to become like you. I want to follow you, right? And um, we can go to the next slide. So I'm just going to paraphrase this one. This is Ephesians 1, 3 through 11. Really, with this slide, it's talking about, Paul is actually talking about God's plan. And if you look here, just picking this out, it says God's plan was to adopt us into his family. This is what he wanted to do. He revealed this mysterious, you know, mysterious will regarding Christ. It's to fulfill his own good plan. And then because we are united with Christ and he chose us in advance, he makes everything work out for his plan. Mm -hmm. Our lives are not about us. They're actually about God's plan. And we get to play a part in it. But it's not our plan, guys. And, you know, when I was learning how to drive, my instructor taught me wherever you look, wherever you, you stare, you will steer. So if you look to the left, your, your car is going to go to the left. If you look to the right, your car is going to go to the right. And I want to ask you guys, what are you looking at and how is it transforming you? Because if it's social media, which I can fall into too, hey. If it's social media, what is that transforming you into who you are? How is that making you who you are? We have to get our, our eyes off of ourselves because there's so much waiting on the other side of ourselves. Yeah. There's so much waiting for us. And God has so much to give us that we're just missing out on if we're all about me. There's a book I've read every year, basically, of my discipleship because I'm so naturally selfish, called The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. Yes. 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 It is like 50 pages. It will absolutely comfort you, wreck you, hit you upside the head, all the good things. I think that everyone should read that because there is freedom in forgetting about yourself. Yeah. And that is gospel humility, right? Yeah. 
We please God by making sacrifices like Jesus. Dramatic, visible, and no compromise. He's inviting us into a life of fullness and impact. So what do you really want? What do you really desire? And I'm going to go to my last slide here. We're wrapping it up. Oh, steer where you stare, desires. Yes. This is my last slide. And I just want to share, I mean, I hope I made it very clear. I've made a lot of mistakes. I mean, so many mistakes. It's because of my mind being changed. Thank God for repentance. It's because of the people in my life that have been holding my hand. It's because of helping my desires to be formed to be God's desires that these things have happened. And let me just share with you, this is actually my identical twin, getting that's Latoya. She's been loyal from day one. Um, that is my identical twin getting baptized after five years of prayer and fasting for her. And anyone who knew that situation, I know Amaris did. Oh my gosh. This girl, we were like mortal enemies when I became a Christian because she felt so threatened by my radical faith. And then five years later, she came to a retreat at a Koei, very special place. She got, she had a breakfast with Latoya. She told Latoya they were identical twins, which doesn't make any sense to me, but um, <laughs> Latoya is really great with people. And um, the spirit is very strong. And she studied the Bible in March of 2020. She got baptized, wow. which is so amazing and so not about me, but it's about God. What dreams do you have for my life? And how can I step into what you're already doing? with the people around me, right? This, I mean, come on, we know these girls. And this is Amanda DeLeon, who's right up here in the front. And yes, these are two of my girls. I mean, obviously, Bree, you do, girl. Um, I love you, and I would, you know. Um, but I can't cry again. <laughs> um, but Bria, like, she gave up the past year, year and a half of her life to go into ministry and not because she's like, this is for me, I need to do this. But she's like, I love these women. I want to give back to my campus ministry experience. Because my experience changed my life for eternity. I want to change someone else's life for eternity. Straight up, just a decision based on gratitude. Bria inspires the mess out of me. Yes, right? She inspires me and apparently the rest of us. Um, and then Amanda also inspires the mess out of me. Because Amanda decided this past semester, with basically two or three weeks' notice, that she was going to, which is so Amanda, um, that she was going to move to a church planning in Flagstaff, Arizona. And there's not a lot of people, but she felt like God was calling her there. And I just want to ask you guys, like, are your priorities more about you or more about the body of Christ being built up? Because at the end of the day, you can't take anything else to heaven. And at the end of the day, nothing eternally will really matter. I always ask myself, will this thing that I'm worried about now or struggling with now, will it matter in the scheme of eternity? And if it doesn't, why am I spending so much time thinking about this, right? And so I'm just so grateful for these women. I'm so grateful for all of you. You guys inspire me every day. Um, and I'm going to share something that I actually haven't shared with a lot of people to close out. And it's just because I want to show you guys that I'm still in this, that I'm still fighting to have my head, my heart, and my relationships be reflective of Jesus and his power and be transformed by that, right? And, you know, I actually have been given the opportunity to move from Atlanta, Georgia to Paris, France, which is very crazy, I know. And, I'm emotional. 
Our relationships and our desires. Love you guys. Love you.